Hello all and welcome back to Showgals, the show where Ollie and I watch terrible, terrible reality television and report back to you. Hello everyone, it's me, Ollie. <laughs> it is indeed. Uh, so yeah, I feel like it's been forever since we've recorded and I feel like maybe the people who listen to this podcast are sick of me saying that because I feel like that's been every episode this year. Get used to it. Inconsistency <laughs> is something that we're consistent with. <laughs> I've watched a lot of wrestling since our last episode and I can say that it hasn't died down at all and I'm really into it and my Instagram is just WWE wrestlers. Mine too. Yeah. Um yeah, as as a brief but sad update, uh found out that Paige, one of my favorite wrestlers out of Total Divas, actually retired a month before we released that last episode due to uh, some injuries. So I'm absolutely devastated that I'll never get to see her wrestle. I found out that Ronda Rousey now uh, wrestles for the WWE, which is fucking awesome because she's a bad bitch. Yes! I just... Guys, I just love wrestling. Wrestling is really cool. So good. I actually put that on an application for an artist grant recently (laughs) where I said I was inspired by fairy tales, ghost stories, and WWE. (laughs) As most people should be. Oh, it's it's now a part of my ethos and I've still not even been to a match. (laughs) Oh my god, go, we're going. Yep. I've actually found an underground Melvin Pro Wrestling movement that we could totally go see what yes oh fuck yes okay but anyway (laughs) uh so this week's episode is uh nothing to do with wrestling i think not it's not unfortunate considering the content of the show but um so uh as some of you might know uh matt my partner works at bar josephine in footscray that's bar josephine 295 barclay street footscray uh, and a regular of his found out about our podcast and has kept asking if we had watched Man O' oh Man repeatedly. And uh, today I actually looked into it and we fucking watched it. Oh, did we fucking watch it? We watched it from several countries because it was all around the globe. Man O' oh Man, did we watch it? Man- <laughs> uh- I'm sorry, folks. I'll be here all night. <laughs> Uh, so, Man O' Man, uh, originally a German production, I think. I know it's kind of sketchy on the internet because when you Google it, it says it was initially Australian. Um, and it's definitely, like, the countries that we know that it's been in are Australia, Germany, Spain, the UK, and the USA. So, we've got five delightful programs that all lasted roughly four years from the very early 90s to the very late 90s. Let, let, let's just go into the premise, shall we? The premise of Man Oh Man. You think it's going to be a dating show? Well, it can't, like it's set up, um, so it's described on the Wikipedia page as a male beauty pageant. So ten strapping young lads come out after a bunch of female dancers like introduce them. introduce them um depending on which version you are watching it's, it's either just... very top of the pops uk 2000 or very showgirls the movie the production with the fake volcano and everything and they're they're all dressed the same but in different colors in some of them and in others they look like rejects from an all saints video oh. <laughs> I really like that reference. (laughs) (laughs) I thought you might. I've been holding on to it just for now. Had an audible reaction there. (laughs) 
Well, it, to be fair, my ovaries stopped producing hormones while watching this. Yeah, we're going to be talking about how we used to have, like, wombs and vaginas and just general reproductive mm. organs, mm. Uh, but have they've been gradually eradicated by this program. And many times in the past, we have referenced the fact that we've gotten food poisoning from a show, but never have we enjoyed the meal so much mm. and then regretted it so badly because on the surface level it's light and frivolous and fun and then underneath is just like decades and decades of shit patriarchy shit it's a perfect visit to taco bill because you get the giant (laughs) margarita you get the free hat uh, and then you get the immediate stomach cramps the immediate stomach cramps and the this might be racist thing and the thing with the next morning, you're like, I know it's going to hurt, but it needs to come out. <laughs> Without further ado, I think we should get into the signature cocktail. Jess, do you want to talk us through the process of coming up with this drink? I forgot about the signature cocktail. <laughs> I was more focused on making dinner. So what we have is the bottom of the barrel, meaning whatever I had left on my liquor shelf. Uh, including some gin left over from Christmas that, uh, it's like the last biscuit where you really can't justify taking it until you really, really need to. Uh, and what else was in there? Uh, vermouth. So we could have stopped at a martini, but we didn't have quite enough of anything Mm. for that. Uh, so then we added, uh, Frangelico and peach schnapps because we hate ourselves. Uh, but you know, it's the, it's the bottom of the barrel, so... Cheers. Cheers. Tastes like a lolly. No, it just tastes like sugar. Like, I wouldn't recommend it. So, in the early 2000s, I was really young and my sister was a teenager and this is what I imagined drinking was when she told me about it. Oh, 100%. This is what cruises taste like if you... Try to make your own. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's fine. Because as I said, it's the bottom of the barrel. So the idea was to get rid of all the last little bits of alcohol that we had. And we have done that. So we've got maybe like a shot and a half worth of this each. I have no regrets. Um, it's fitting. I feel like we've ruined all our credibility as a, a an alcohol podcast for gin gals. But, you know, aside from that, no harm done. It's okay. There's probably not a lot of crossover listening. <laughs> <laughs> Um, some of you may know that our business cards are double-sided, so we've got show gals on one side and gin gals on the other. You may have accidentally come across this one when looking for a gin podcast. Yes, uh, I, and I apologise. It's gin gals podcast. Show gals podcast is a completely different thing, much less organised, uh, and not nearly as tasty, really. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's really not. It's also cheaper. Yes. <laughs> I regret putting the double-sided business card just a little bit. It seems like an economic choice at the time but now it's more like here is my masterpiece on the back of my finger painting from kindergarten <laughs> this is what started us in podcasting though don't forget your roots jennifer lopez didn't and we will not <laughs> we're don't still jenny full... from the block yeah. <laughs> moving on anyway um we haven't show. mentioned the most important thing about man oh man like uh regardless of what country it's in what part of the 90s, whether it's 1990 to 1999, the essential part of Man O' Man is a swimming pool. 
And pushing a man into it. Yes. So the way it's set up, uh, depending on the budget, they will have a selection of women from 150 to 300 sitting around cabaret tables watching these men perform in beauty contest-like situations and then they vote via what looks like to be a brick, but I think might have been like an early excuse for a phone, Mm. uh, which one they want to keep and which one they want to drown. And then whoever doesn't make it gets pushed into the pool. The first episode we watched, I really enjoyed. It was one of the early iterations of the British version Mm. of the show. And the set just looked like one of those uh, Nickelodeon shows from the 90s where you had children in different coloured t-shirts competing in physical challenges and eventually getting slimed. Or imagine if Saved by the Bell was doing a school play about Hawaii. Yes. (laughs) Saved by the Bell presents Gidget. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) It's all so uncomfortable. (laughs) That's Gidget reference. Thank you. Awesome. Very much like you that don't know movie. what I love Gidget. How have so we not good. discussed this before? I fucking love Gidget. <laughs> so good. I went through a phase of watching all the Gidget movies. The first one's still the best. Mm. Guys, watch Gidget. It's so much fun. It's so good. Yeah, it's like a precursor to pu- uh, pu- Puberty Blues, but with like Sandra D running around going, oh golly gosh, it's the ultimate. It's amazing. It's really fun also if you're just really hungover and you want to eat an entire Domino's pizza and watch a movie. <laughs> Which was my first experience watching Gidget. Yeah, fair. That's yeah. I I've watched it hungover, I've watched it drunk, I've watched it sober, it's love a it, great love it, love movie. it. It's so good. Um so yeah, like iconic things that I didn't know were a thing until eventually uh someone gave it through gave it to me through alcohol. Mm. <laughs> Back to the show. Back to the show. So uh things that the guys have to do. Like, it's all pretty basic stuff, like sing a song, do a dance, uh, do a talent. The first episode we watched, oh my god. Oh my god. So we found out that, the, I guess somewhat in the same vein that I found out I'm very, very, very sexually attracted to wrestlers, Jess found out that she's very, very, very sexually attracted to men in kilts rollerblading. <laughs> I wouldn't say sexually attracted, just so delighted that, you know, like, you know when someone is so amazing despite the fact that they're not physically what you would normally be mm. into, that suddenly you're just like, ha ha ha, oh wait, where did that come from? Um, <laughs> yes. This guy comes out and it's it's not he's not doing rollerblading tricks. He's just a man in a kilt on rollerblades riding around the Saved by the Bell tiki set. <laughs> and he just rolls around, crosses the little bridge to the other side, rolls around and comes back. And that is it. And he gets buzzed off the show very quickly. But it was just the most miraculous 90s thing I've ever seen in my fucking life. I've never seen Jess happier in all the time I've known her. Ah, oh, just, oh, I, I, I can't even with that. Like, it was just so was preposterous. Other, well, it was better than the guys who did things like bad stand-up comedy. Oh, there was, yes, one guy did a terrible set where he had three legs and me and Jess sort of stared blankly at the screen and then... All the women knew the song, though. They were singing and then he was like, oh, no, wait, this is boring, I will do a bit. Then they gonged him and then it turned out it was a Ralph Harris, a Ralph Harris bit and I was like, oh, yes. Of course, oh. an iconic bit from a sex pest. What a what a timely reference for 
Yeah, it did yeah, not that age That did not well. age well, mm. no. Mm. I think there's a lot of things from that era where, with current context, yeah. not great. I did like seeing how the show developed over time, though, from the very earliest seasons we saw... Uh, the men all line up against the pool and some of the dancers come out and then uh, initially they would kiss them on the cheek or push them in the pool and like it was a different woman for each man and then gradually as time went on the the dancers weren't expected to kiss the men anymore Mm. they just shoved them in the pool like granted they did it by like grinding up on them and like kind of teasing them and then moving on I I don't I'm not sure if that's a good development or a bad development but it just it's very hard to tell. This whole show was I was really conflicted the whole time because I loved it, but at the same time it felt bad about it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it was like eating a, a a whole cheesecake from It's gonna be great at the time, but you know you're gonna have diarrhea the next day. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like you and so shit many humor things. today, Jesus. Me and shit humor all the time. I have IBS. This is how I lighten the mood. <laughs> Lighten the mood, lighten the load. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a lot of people live with it on a daily basis, and it's okay to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> there is a FODMAP diet. You don't have to live like this. Can you please put sad music behind that? <laughs> <laughs> Just the whole classic Charlie Brown, like, da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Oh, you gotta be bad, you gotta be bold, you gotta be Because it would fit in perfectly with the 90s theme. So, yeah, we watched the UK version. We watched the Australian version. I actually had to text my housemate at one stage because I swear, like, the timeline would match up that that could have been his dad. Like, <laughs> it looked like his dad. It looked like him. It it dan- he danced like my housemate does. And I just, I'm, I'm uh, he, like, uh, the, the names don't match up. Charlie and Peter don't match up, but I swear it was a cover and that my housemate's dad was on this show. I also feel like the same character was also definitely just one of Carrie's boyfriends from the first season of Sex in the City who oh. worked as an architect <laughs> and only featured in one episode. He could have been a body double also for, like, Steve from Sex in the City oh, easily. Yes, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Same body type. <laughs> Sure. <laughs> uh, we should mention that we could only find it on YouTube, and being so, we only managed to watch one full episode out of like the four we started watching, and then eventually realized they didn't have like the yeah the three out of five of the clips. Well, because all the clips were loaded from two thousand eight onto YouTube, so very early YouTube days where you could not load a video in more than ten minutes. So we had to put up with all these bits that some of them were incomplete, some of them had clearly been deleted. Who knows, everyone involved could have died by now. Um so we were just kind of left with the beginning of about four episodes and not seeing the end. So I was like living with this narrative where the winner would get pushed into the pool and it would <laughs> gradually heat up and get hotter and hotter and hotter and then the women their jaws would unhinge and descend upon him and feast and i cannot i cannot express enough how much it really was set out to be that way because even i was was watching it i was just like oh no the women are definitely going to consume the men at the end of this show that is the natural progression of how this is going to go it was very much like a dance for us monkeys dance and it was just it, it, it kind of reminded me of um, when I was working at Village, uh, the first Magic Mike came out and there were a bunch of women that would turn up to watch the show 
and we're like, yay, finally some hot stuff for us. And then actually that movie is quite a, a, a character-driven piece about like the, the foils of masculinity the and... The human condition. Yeah, and the human condition. <laughs> and they weren't always come out disappointed. I feel like this is the show that they were expecting. Yes. Like men to debase themselves and for them to get to cackle and laugh because objectifying them back is equality. I can't express enough how many times I use the word quaalude when talking to Jess during this because <laughs> it's just like you watch and you're like, everyone in the audience definitely had quaaludes. They had a bunch of coke and quaaludes and they were just like off their tits. It really did appear to be the case. And I can't say that I didn't want to get a time machine and go back in time and just be in the audience and bask in the 90s-ness of it all. It- if you've okay, so the nineteen ninety nine episode we watched, like if you've seen Top of the Pops, it was just the it's same, the same stage. stage. It was the same stage. It actually was. It just had a pool in it. Like I'm, and uh, I did look up some trivia that the the, the Melbourne set is currently been u- being used as the Dancing with the Stars set, and it was odd that with the Australian version, it started off looking like the nighttime version of Sail of the Century, and then yes. they revealed the pool, and then. There was this like elaborate staircase behind the pool that was made out of giant gold hands that came together so the um the the, the dancers could stand on it and then they were had a, a conch shell behind them or a clamshell or something. It was you know, very showgirls again. It's, it's very like Birth of Venus via Vegas kind of mm. thing. And then they would descend the staircase to push these men in. So there's the, all these like nods to like a very tribalistic sacrifice. Yes. Again, the women do consume the men at the end of the show. <laughs> I'm I'm living for that. Like <laughs> it just has to happen. I have to say there was a like the second version that we watched of the show was the 1999 UK version which was very much just like remember when Robbie Williams was a thing? Mm. Yes, they all chose Robbie songs. Uh there was a terrible guy who had a oversized red silk shirt and he made me uncomfortable and it was hard to put my finger on why but he started off his little spiel greeting the ladies by quoting Robbie Williams and let me entertain you the uh, famous song that he sang and that made me uncomfortable and then they had a kissing challenge part of the show which as terrible as it was, most of the guys made it fun, but he literally pushed a woman to the floor and made out with her, and she looked like she wanted to die afterwards, which was very uncomfortable. It was, yeah, uh, it was, a, he made me very uncomfortable, and another one of the guys on the same show also sang Angels by Robbie Williams. Mm, yeah, it was a big, I think it might have been the same guy. Yeah. Probably was. I know. It was kind of the dating show equivalent of, like, when a guy dresses in drag, but rather than taking it seriously and putting lots of makeup on and allowing himself to look hot, it's just, like, a dude in a wig and a bad-fitting dress. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Where it's just like, oh, look at me. I'm dressing like a woman. So funny and silly. And then there's actually, like, no there's yeah. no chance of you actually challenging anything because it is just a joke of like how ridiculous is this rather than being like oh actually no gender is quite fluid and uh, yeah. there's lots of things you can do with it. So we eventually found an Australian copy of the show which was great. Mm-hmm. Uh, the guy who hosted it was uh, Rob Guest who was famously the longest running Phantom in Phantom of the Opera which yeah I'm, in, I'm into that like that that's my jam. 
I have to, I must, <laughs> I, I do have to explain. This show really broke me because there were many moments where I was in awe and enthralled and excited and other moments where I was just like, I, I don't want kids, but I also physically cannot produce them <laughs> because I'm barren because of this show. Um, but there was an amazing moment where they played Mr. Vane and one of the guys oh, Mr. Vane. did a bit of a tease. Yep. Uh, that was amazing and I was just looking at the screen and back to Jess with my mouth agape. It was wonderful. Mm. Um, in terms of depth of the show, nothing. There's nothing there. There's not a lot of depth to the show. Mm. I did enjoy kind of, I, I guess, in especially in the current political climate, seeing a show where we just objectify men and there was this humiliation aspect. I couldn't say I totally hated it. Well, it was... But that's the thing. It's that humiliation aspect to reiterate that, like, this should be women in this position, not men, because that's silly if it's yeah. men. It's degrading if it's men, but it's just normal day-to-day -day no, life. No, it's not it's even common. degrading. It's funny. Like, mm. they're in on the joke. Um, which is not to say that I think that we should, like, degrade men to achieve equality, but more so... Okay, so this we all agree that this is degrading, but why is it acceptable for it to be degrading to women and just funny if it's degrading to men? Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was a, it was a complicated show because there's a lot to enjoy. There is so much '90s cheese, and I mean like the full gamut of '90s cheese. Like if you're nostalgic for 1992 or like 1997, because like those are vastly different times. I know that we usually say, like, yeah, this show is fun or you should watch it, but I cannot express enough how if you just have five minutes free, please, for the love of God, look this show up on YouTube, man oh man. It's it's just such a timepiece. Mm. And, like, there are plenty of jokes that we made whilst we were watching it, like comparing people's outfits to different things or being, you know, saying really stupid comparative shit that would not translate well here because I can't go like, oh, it's nice Cinderella popped up when you don't see the woman in the black choker and the you Cinderella hair. You definitely need the visual medium. Yeah, <laughs> but it's just, if, if you are anywhere near quick-witted, we're okay. But yeah. if you have like a particularly smart, sarcastic friend, sit them down in front of this and it it's just a joyful experience in that kind of way. I'd recommend it for... A big group watch, particularly if you can find people who remember that era. Like, yes. definitely. Because I think, yeah, I would have been two or three when the first version of this show came out. And I would have been 12 or 13 when the last one did. Yeah. It's the full range of my recollection of popular culture. And the Australian one is so Australian. I was saying to Jess, it was so weird watching it because I was like, I was alive during this time, but this is a part of the culture that I just didn't know existed at the time. Yeah. And uh, it's so weird watching it back and being like, yeah, fuck, I remember Robbie Williams being a thing. I remember those terrible outfits. I remember this style. Like, it's just, yeah, yeah it's so bizarre watching it back and being like, oh, I kind of 
like wondering what it would have been like to experience that era at that age and be a part of that audience. I just want to be one of the 150 to 300 women in the audience voting. <laughs> it was so specific about the amount of women. And it was always hosted by a man who would be like scared of the women and that was kind of the joke. Yeah. Which is such a cabaret, cruise ship-esque kind of like silly kind of humour. Like... The guys who will joke that, like, oh, you know, I know you're the real brains behind the operation, aren't you, love? And it's just like, this isn't making me feel empowered. This is just making fun of the fact that I have no power. Mm. That, yeah, no, that's in essence why the show is so offensive. Yeah. It's, yeah, it, it, it's that sort of, like, 50-year-old dude who turns to you and says like oh girls i know you're the you're the real power behind us all and crap like that where it's just like no you yeah you're acknowledging that we have no power and you're making a joke of it and fuck you for that yeah yeah that was the thing i was like oh there's like this thing where it's like turning the patriarchy on its head and at the same time it's still just making a spectacle of the woman no but yeah it's a joke of the patriarchy and also yeah, the women dancing. Granted, I, I enjoyed it. The joke mm. is funny. I enjoy that joke. I enjoy that joke because I've been raised on it, because I'm meant to do that whole kind of nervous <laughs> kind of laughter to it. That's what I've been raised to expect, and it doesn't occur to me until I like really examine it that I should be kind of offended by it. Because I wasn't. Like, you were, like, way more offended than I was. And now that I've talked about it for, like, 20 minutes, now I hate it. <laughs> but I also wasn't overly offended in saying that I loved it. And I yeah. totally watched more episodes. Oh, it was no, like, The Game or fucking Mystery yeah. or, or Jeff from Erotic Star. Like... I have to say, um, one of the things I really enjoyed about this was in the one episode where we managed to find all five parts, <laughs> the Australian version, so the main prize was a trip to Vanuatu, in which way it made me understand why a lot of these men were willing to embarrass themselves, because I would do a lot for an all-expenses-paid holiday. I would certainly, like, I'm, sing an Elvis song that I, is yeah. comfortably within my range and then risk being shoved in a pool. Particularly when the dancers who do it are very, very nice. Yeah. They'll grind on you a little bit, and then they will remove your glasses if you wear glasses. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Oh my god, actually no, that brings up my favourite part of it though, when they clearly were still working out the format for it, and these guys had come in their best suits and their best shoes, and then you just see their line they of shoes. They take their shoes off. They take their shoes off, they just in line case of they got shoes pushed in front in. of them. <laughs> take them off screen they just it had their shoes right cute. Front. they were just like now lads take your shoes off because they may get wet it was like it was like it was like they were going into a bouncing castle yes it was adorable oh uh, it was it was very cute and i think my other favorite thing was the runner-up prize which was a selection of five compact discs. <laughs> and they did, To be fair, 1992, that's expensive. They did not use the term CD, they used the term compact disc. And I remember when I was young and CDs were still a thing, I think the first CD I ever bought was J-Lo's, J-Lo, mm -hmm. and that was $30 at the time, which was yeah. standard. So, you know, eight years before then... That's over $100 worth of prizes, easily. Yeah, you know, that's a good prize. Well, they were good, they were like Frank Sinatra One of the CDs classics. was like Crowded House. <laughs> of course, got to get that Australian element in. Well, I because just, just want to say they're definitely from New Zealand, it's the Finn Brothers. 
<laughs> and they were both born and bred in New mm-hmm. Zealand. No, I'm sorry. You you achieve a level of success and you are no longer New Zealand. You can keep Russell Crowe, but we will take the Finn brothers. <laughs> <laughs> that was the trade-off. It's just like, we're taking Crowded House, but we'll take Russell Crowe off your hands to even the score of it. <laughs> It really does lessen the blow, though. <laughs> no one wants Russell. No, no one does. No, it's terrible. The Americans were even just like, this is great. Oh, wait. No, we said what you did there. Take he that shit back. He even made it on Joel McHale's show on Netflix because he was selling off a bunch of his shit because he's that poor now. I can't believe you've watched that much of Joel McHale's show on Netflix because oh, I watched st- one episode and I cannot do it. I still the soup, so okay. I love it. And anytime they talk about Vanderpump Rules, I'm like, yeah, what? what's up? I'm in. I'm very easy to impress The bar is very low True words have never been said (laughs) Um, (laughs) In terms of this show That's literally probably about it There wasn't a lot to it But it was great And I do really urge you to go out and find it on YouTube It's a freaking time capsule Uh, We may have discovered My housemate's real Biological father we're looking at him now and he is shaking his head. <laughs> no, he's nodding. He knows it. It's true. He it's knows my daddy. his dad is actually Charlie. <laughs> yeah, so I guess, uh, yeah, that's probably it for this week. Yeah, it's a it's a nostalgia rush. It's definitely worth checking out, but I don't want to watch any more of it, really. No. So uh, don't forget to check out our other podcast at Gin Gals Podcast where we talk to distilleries, cocktail makers, and don't do horrible stuff like put Prangelica and Peach Liqueur together. I cannot express <laughs> enough how much more professional we are. Please rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. It's really, really easy when you're on the app. Literally, when you go to our page, just keep scrolling down. You'll see five stars. Select all five of them. That would be awesome. <laughs> Thank you very much. If you select one, go fuck yourself. Oh, no, give us one. But give us one and some actual criticism because just a one, it's such a mystery. Like, Any interaction. Who the fuck did that? Why? Don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and whatnot at Showgals Podcast. <laughs> if you have specific feedback, want to recommend a show, want to talk to us a bit, email us at showgalspodcast at gmail.com. And with that... Bye, Mom. Bye, Mom.